Hello and welcome back to Bruh is a Murder. I'm Andre Matthews and I'm doing this dolo because this is a very special update and not a creepypasta. Uh, this update involves the very first case we ever covered. So what I'm going to do is play the first episode covering a case, give you some new music, and then give you the update later on in the show. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy this. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Bruh is a Murder. I hope I didn't blow your eardrums out. If I did, I'm sorry. My name is Andre Matthews and this is a true crime podcast. My true crime podcast. And my true crime podcast is going to be about the stories that are not told or heard enough. The stories of the less marginalized people in this country, be it Pac or queer, because time and time and time again, we are told that our lives simply do not matter, and neither do our deaths. They aren't covered, they aren't shown, and they aren't heard. Because we have a long history in this country of power and privilege outweighing truth and justice. Having money, fame, friends in high places, and little to no melanin in your skin are all factors that won't only give you the benefit of the doubt, but even the ability to wash your hands of the situation and never look back. Or, it would just get a slap on the wrist. Like actor Robert Blake. He was acquitted of the murder of his 44-year-old wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley. Bonnie was shot by an unknown assailant outside of a restaurant after Robert went back into said restaurant to pick up his gun that he left on the table. Even after two people testified that Blake openly talked about wanting his wife dead and hiring someone to do it, his overpriced lawyers were able to paint him as a pathetic man who was in a loveless marriage and, you know, sometimes sent new pictures of other men. With his defense team and fans behind him, he was able to walk away scot-free. But later down the line, in a civil suit, he was ordered to pay $30 million to Bakley's children for causing their mother's death. There's also Isaac Turnbaugh, who got off due to double jeopardy. And all four, Turnbaugh was acquitted of killing his co-worker. Shortly after Turnbaugh was deemed not guilty, he called the police on himself to confess the murder. Despite the blatant admission of guilt, Turnbaugh was protected and is protected by the Fifth Amendment's Double Jeopardy Clause. I mean, if they would have did their job right the first time, they would have fucking got him. These are just two high-profile cases, but the list can go on and on and on, and it's always upsetting and shitty. Jamil Moore. Jamil Moore. Jamil Moore. And I say his name three times so people don't forget him. Like, people forget people of color all the time. Because if you're a person of color, a sex worker, low income, queer, or homeless, you're considered less dead. Your death will typically get shelved and not even given the time of day or needed attention for it to get solved. 
Jamil Moore unfortunately checked all these boxes, being black, low income, queer, and a sex worker with thoughts of homelessness, he fit the category of less dead perfectly. The possible perpetrator is a wealthy white man, a political activist and donor. So there's a real question of imbalance in this relationship because everything fucking points to it. July 27, 2017, West Hollywood, California. Jamil was found dead, overdosed on meth, naked on a mattress in a living room with male porn playing on a TV inside the apartment of Buck, 63. Police found sex toys, syringes, clear plastic bags with suspected methamphetamine in them on the floor rolled up next to him. Coroner's investigators found the following items in Buck's two-bedroom apartment. 24 syringes with brown residue, 5 glass pipes with white residue and burn marks, a plastic straw with possible white residue, clear plastic bag with white powdery residue, and a clear plastic bag with a piece of crystal-like substance on it. So obviously, dude was fucking partying in that goddamn apartment in West Hollywood. Jamil had flown from Houston to Los Angeles the same day he died, according to investigators. His mother told LA Times that Buck bought the plane ticket for him and brought him to West Hollywood. Coroner's officials ruled Moore's death an accident, and initially, they didn't suspect shit. They were going to walk away and never look back. In August, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Homicide Detectives launched a new investigation after Moore's mother and his friends questioned if the drugs that killed him were self-administered or not. They weren't buying it. And thankfully, because they spoke up, the shit's fucked and people need to speak up. No charges were yet to be filed yet. Anyway, let's talk about Buck. Buck is a 63-year-old white man and a well-known figure in the LGBT political circles. He has given more than $500,000 to a range of Democratic groups and candidates, including Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. He also donated to the mayor of Los Angeles, too. Along with Letitia Nixon, Moore's mother, people have been questioning whether Buck's ties to elected officials and differences in race and class influenced the investigation. Buck reportedly had a long relationship with drugs and paying gay black men to accompany him. So it's assumed that these two became acquainted through Jamil's escorting work. And side note, there's nothing wrong with escorting. It's the oldest profession in the book. As long as you're consenting and you're of age, Go out, make that motherfucker money, he'll buy her. Thanks to Jamil's friends, texts and photos supporting their claims of Buck's lingering fetish and alleged search for insecure black man came to light, and with that in fact known, Jamil was right up his alley. A wayward young gay man with bouts of homelessness was an easy was easy prey for him. In August 2017, images of Jamil's journals with painful revelations about Buck's influence over him were published. The 26-year-old said he was pressured to do meth for the first time as soon as he met Buck, in fear for his life. After, I mean, it's crazy. But before I read one of his journal entries, let's take a small break. An excerpt from Jamil's journal. I'll become addicted to drugs, and the worst one at that. Ed Buck is the one to thank. He gave me my first injection of meth. It was very painful, but through all the troubles, I became addicted to the pain and the fetish. I just hope the end result isn't death. If it didn't hurt so bad, I killed myself. 
but I'll let Ed Buck do it for me now. Investigators interviewed a woman whose name was redacted, who said that Jamil told her that someone else whose name was redacted tied him up over a year ago and held him against his will at the residence in West Hollywood. The LA Times interviewed a man who said that he reported complaints about Buck that are similar to those that Jamil wrote in his journal to the Sheriff's Department in West Hollywood on July 4th. The man asked to be remain anonymous, but he did describe himself as an escort. Despite the overwhelming amount of evidence, Buck hasn't been arrested or labeled as a suspect in the case. Instead, he's accused the victim's family of the victim's family and reporters of assassinating his character and mudslinging and blah 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 typical rich white dude outcry. Buck's attorney, Seymour Armster, says his client was a friend of Moore's who did nothing wrong, and that methamphetamine was self-administered. After reviewing the autopsy report, Armster said he maintains his position that Buck, quote-unquote, did not witness it being injected. You know, dude was just in his house with 24 syringes of meth, and he didn't see anything. I think it's time to bring the tragedy to a conclusion, Armster said. This was an accidental death. This was an unfortunate death, but that doesn't mean that we can make sparse accusations and spin something out of control. As of right now, all we have are these accusations. All we can do is look at the evidence given and speculate. The only way to end these accusations is properly investigating this case. Will the case continue to develop? Hopefully. Will more people come forward? Potential witnesses have been given some immunity from prosecution from other possible crimes in order to provide statements, so only time will tell. Jamila Moore died of an overdose. That is clearly, it's obvious. He died of an overdose. The real question is, who put the needle in his arm? Moore's mother has launched Justice for Jamil, an organization dedicated to bringing justice for her son and other men targeted by Buck. So if you know something, say something. Or if you want to check it out, look at the website. There's testimonials from his friends and family so you get to learn more about him. I'll say his name again. Jamil Moore. Know his story and pass it on. The stories of people of color and their deaths are hardly heard and never given enough attention. Thankfully, times are changing. And with this podcast, hopefully I can just give you a little view into their lives. Uh... The format will be changing. This was my first, you know, installment. And after this, the episode will get longer. I'll be doing like two or three per episode. I will leave the links to the songs and the show notes each episode. So like, review, and subscribe. Come back for more. Uh, Check me out on Facebook and Twitter. Just look up Bruh is a Murder on both, actually. This hashtag is a movement. Remember, stay safe out there, everyone, and please come back for more. Get you out my system. Get you out my mind. Your love became my mission. Troubled all my time. Another woman with a heart of soul. A woman's gone demanding no. You were looking for so cross over, cross over. I don't want you, but I need you in my life.
Cause I was so blind Every moment given Took it for a ride Another lover in and out my door Trying to finally feel the void You got all you wanted, that's for sure So cross over, cross over found this week inside the apartment of Ed Buck, a political activist and donor in Los Angeles, was identified Thursday as Timothy Dean, 55, of West Hollywood. He was described as a fashion consultant who had been friends with Mr. Buck and played in gay basketball competitions. The authorities found Mr. Dean when they responded around 1 a.m. on Monday to a 911 call about a person in West Hollywood apartment who was unconscious and not breathing. Detectives in Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department quickly turned their attention to Mr. Buck because they had visited the same residence under similar circumstances back in July 2017. At that time, they found another man, Jamil Moore, 26, naked, dead of a drug overdose on a mattress of Mr. Buck's living room. Both Mr. Dean and Mr. Moore were black which raised suspicions among political activists and critiques of Mr. Buck, a 64-year-old white man who had given more than $116,000 to Democratic candidates and groups in the past decade or so. Protesters have gathered outside of Mr. Buck's apartment to demand justice for Mr. D. Quote, he would not stop. This was from uh, Jamil Moore's mother she put on Facebook. He would continue to hurt and kill black men. There are two people now that have lost their lives. Hashtag justice for Jamil. A lawyer of Mr. Buck, who also said that they've been friends for years, so you know, bias. Seymour A. Amister said on Thursday that his client and Mr. Dean had been friends for 25 years. He said that Mr. Dean had ingested some type of substance before arriving at Mr. Buck's apartment and then Mr. Buck had tried to resuscitate him. Los Angeles County Medical Advisors identified Mr. Dean but have not released a cause of death. The Sheriff's Department has named Mr. Buck as a suspect, so hopefully they can put this dude away. Because seriously, 
two dead bodies, two similar circumstances, both in your apartment, where there's smoke, there's fucking fire. But the authorities said that the homicide detectives were among the officers who responded to Mr. Buck's residence on Monday and that they would open a review of their investigation into the death of Mr. Moore and contact new interviewers. Mr. Buck was not charged in that death, so hopefully things are rolling, they can find more evidence, maybe more people can come up because in the first time this happened, people in the gay scene in West Hollywood were saying that he has a real history of this. So maybe seeing the second death, seeing these protesters out there asking for justice, it can encourage people to come forward and actually give up concrete information that can put this dude, help put this dude away. Uh, Mr. Armister said his client was innocent in both deaths. Mark Chambers, a longtime friend of Mr. Dean's, confirmed that Mr. Dean had been friends with Mr. Buck, but also expressed concern that his friend's character was under attack in the aftermath of his death. Quote, I've known Tim for 30 years, Mr. Chambers said in a phone interview Thursday. He's an angel and not a devil. He is in between just like everybody else. So basically saying that he was a normal guy. Mr. Dean posted about his job on Instagram, sharing photos of high-end men's shoes and bags and asking followers to come to shop with him. He also looked the part. Quote, going to work this morning, he wrote on October alongside a photo of himself in a slim-fitting suit with stylish pocket squares. Basically, dude was just suited and booted every day. He was living his life and loved his job. He had worked to expand his horizons in recent years, according to Mr. Chambers, who said Mr. Dean obtained an associate's degree in 2015 and was baptized last year. Quote, surviving and thriving my life right now, Mr. Dean wrote on Facebook after his baptism. I would never have everything all figured out at once, but I have enough stored out right now, and I honestly say that I'm happy and healthy. Uh, Mr. Dean founded the National Gay Basketball Association. Uh, he spent many years competing in basketball leagues and gay games and international sporting events modeled after the Olympics, including last year's game in Paris. He was just a passionate, all-around good dude who was tangled up with Ed Buck. And just like another young man who had a lot going for him, a whole life in front of him, they both lost their lives in this man's home and so far seeming like well you know the autopsy hasn't come out yet but if it seems like under similar circumstances now if they say that dean had drugs in his system and he od'd like more did then put the dude away put the dude away this is insane. Black lives matters. Gay lives matters. These men lives matters. Jamil Moore matters. Dean, Timothy Dean matters. So hopefully, I'm hoping and praying to the energies above that Ed Buck gets put away for the rest of his goddamn life. Plain and simple. I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that you enjoy your day. Be safe. Stay tuned because I'm sure that 
more is going to develop in the future and what more develops in the future i'm going to give you know make sure you follow us on facebook instagram twitter all that jazz uh spotify stitcher soundcloud all of it we're all over uh check out the artist this week you're gonna love her i love her she's awesome um yeah if you're an artist email us at brother at gmod.com and uh that's about it i will see you this weekend with a crappy pasta thank you and have a blessed day goodbye crew this podcast is part of the Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network, where inclusivity matters.